Psalm 66, as we seek to follow the due order of worshiping the Lord with psalms, in addition to hymns and spiritual songs. Psalm 66, we want to see that God is worthy of glory, He is glorious, and that we ought to make His praise glorious and give Him glory. Let's all rise together and read Psalm 66 in unison. Together. Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in Him. He ruleth by His power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. O bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of His praise to be heard which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For Thou, O God, hast proved us, Thou hast tried us, as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net, Thou laidst affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads, We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth hath spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings. With the incense of rams, I will offer bullocks with goats. Selah. Come and hear, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord, for Psalm 66. All the lands of the earth, including the Piedmont of the Carolinas of the United States of the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, make a joyful noise unto God. In that first verse. 
We want to sing forth the honor of His name, because there is no name like the two names that we chiefly think of. First of all, our God is known as Jehovah. I am that I am. He did not reveal that until nearly 2,500 years into the world's history. No man knew Him as Jehovah. You say, but I can read capital L-O-R-D in Genesis. Thank you for your attention to detail of what Moses wrote 2,500 years after creation. In Exodus chapter 6 and verse 3, God told Moses, I have not been known by Jehovah to anyone until you. I was known by my name of God Almighty to Abraham and to others. But what a revelation. But poor Moses didn't know what we know. We know that there is a man named Jesus Christ of Nazareth who sits at God's right hand, who is Jehovah the Savior. Jesus, Jehoshua, Joshua, Yeshua. He's got seven different spellings in the Bible. Means Jehovah is salvation. Notice the first four letters of his name. Jehoshua, J-E-H-O, Jehovah and Shua, the suffix standing for salvation. We are blessed indeed. And we want to sing forth the honor of His name. And we want to make His praise glorious. How do we make His praise glorious? Is it turning up amplifiers so that the electric guitar or the acoustic guitar is heard better? Amplifiers? You have an amplifier. It's called your diaphragm. You have an amplifier. It's attached to your lungs. It's attached to your windpipe, attached to your vocal cords, and attached to your lips. Blow some extra air through it. Make His praise glorious. But there's a better way to make it glorious. Let that flow from a heart that is filled with His glory. Because that's where the melody is supposed to begin, and that's what makes it important. The excellence of your singing is nauseating to God and men. If it's not attached to a heart that loves the things of God, and where it is not filled with His wisdom and the glories of Jesus Christ, we make that melody first in our heart, and that's how we make it glorious. We make it glorious by living up to what we sing. We make it glorious by thinking upon what we sing and letting our understanding latch upon the words of what we sing. I mean, did your understanding latch upon those words that He is our Maker, our Defender, our Redeemer, and our Friend? In one short clause or phrase of that lengthy song, praise the Lord. That's how we make it glorious in the New Testament. The fruit of our lips, giving praise to His name. Singing, not playing, not pounding drums, not dancing, singing. Preaching, reading His Word, praying, fellowshipping, and sitting at His table. We know how to do it. Let's just make sure we do it. Make His praise glorious. Say unto God, verse 3, these are the words He wants to say. Isn't it comforting? And helpful when the Bible tells us what he would like to hear. Say unto God. This is how you make his praise glorious in content. How terrible art thou in thy works? Exclamation point. Terrible. Causing terror. How terrible art thou in thy works? Exclamation point. That's what God wants to hear, because you know what? He is. And we reviewed a number of those last Lord's Day, which I hope you will not forget. 
Whether it was what he did to Adam and Eve, what he did to the Tower of Babel, what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah, what he did to the Egyptian nation, what he did to Sennacherib, Nebuchadnezzar, or the city of Jerusalem, and what he's going to do to the whole world. How terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. God wants to be recognized for his power. And isn't that true of anyone that has power on earth? But what about the God of heaven? The natural creation shows that he has eternal power. He is jealous of his power being praised. So when he asks for the content of our worship, he is terrible in his works to the children of men, and he is powerfully able to cause all of his enemies to submit to him. And every knee shall bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Verse 5, we should want to come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doings toward the children of men. Notice how it's repeated just three verses later after verse 2. It's again in verse 5. We want to come and see it. It's one reason to come into the house of God. Let's remember the things that this history book tells us that he has done in the affairs of the world and the things that he is going to do. Come and see with me. One of them is described in verse 6, and it's leading Israel through the Red Sea, which, when they were all the way through, he drowned the Egyptian army. And there did we rejoice in him. They rejoiced in power as their defender of the four descriptive words we have had about the Lord. Verse 7 tells us he rules by his power forever. Let me appeal again to Romans 1.20. There, the natural creation is supposed to reveal his Eternal power. Because according to the seventh verse, he ruleth by his power for how long? Forever. How long does the best king rule? A few years at best. How long does the best army rule? Less. Where is Alexander's army? Greece couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag if we wet it with a fire hose. What happened to them? Where's Rome? Where's the Italian army? They're the butt of all military jokes for the last 50 years. They were once the mighty Romans. His power and his rule by his power, you say, doesn't he rule by the vote of his people? He rules by his power and he causes all of his enemies to submit to him. He rules forever. His eyes behold the nations. There is no nation on earth that can escape his gaze. And if they do not give him glory, he is going to grind in the powder. Let all the nations be turned into hell that forget God. Psalm 9 and verse 16. What's the consequence for us? Verse 8. Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. How do you do that? Turn up the amplifier? Yes. Which amplifier? Your diaphragm. Turn it up. Make his praise to be heard. Pitiful back there in the back. Adam, you know what it's like to be up here. The closer you sit to the front, the more you can hear that noise. And it's a wonderful thing. Let's all lift our voices up. You went to parades when you were young. You have been to football games. You have been to races. You have been to other events. And you shout, and you know how to shout, and you know how to shout loudly, and you know how to make your voice to be heard. We are dealing with the God of heaven. 
And the voice of our praise should be heard. Amen. We are a loud singing church, but are we as loud as we should be? Are we as loud as we could be? Charlie, verse 9 is for you. Which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. I chose Psalm 66 for other reasons, but as I was reading through it and meditating upon it, there is a verse. Which holdeth, he held on to you and did not let anything more serious happen last weekend. Praise his glorious name. He is able to speak the word and to hold our souls in life and not let them pass over into death. He's able to do that. What a God we worship. He rules by His power forever. He can speak the word and hold our souls in life. Abigail knew something about David, that he was bound up in the bundle of life. Remember that expression she had for him? But his enemies, David's enemies, were going to be flung out by the same centrifugal force that was going to keep David in. Being King Saul, was Saul's soul kept in life? No, he was killed in the battlefield along with his sons. Lord, you've tried us, you've proved us, you brought us into affliction, you caused men to ride over us, but then you brought us into a wealthy place. Verse 12, we've had problems in our lives, but then he's brought us into a wealthy place. Are you a little richer, Brother Mark, maritally? Domestically, professionally, financially, he brings us into a wealthy place. But most of all, spiritually, we were without God and without hope in the world, and look what we have now. Praise his glorious name. We are now fellow, Ephesians 2, fellow citizens with the saints. We are in the same congregation as Abraham Moses, David, Elijah, John, Jesus, Paul. We're fellow citizens with the saints. Praise His glorious name. He's brought us into a wealthy place. What should we do? Verse 13, go into His house and with burnt offerings and vows. Pay our vows that our lips have uttered when we were in trouble. You know, the Lord can bring us down quickly and we can say, Lord, if you'll save me, I will give you more. I will return more to you. And we better return the benefit. Hezekiah didn't, and it was evil for him because he didn't. We offer sacrifices in verse 15, and the sacrifices of the New Testament are the praise of our lips. Verse 16, Come and hear, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. He's done these things for my soul. He's put me in a wealthy place. He's put my feet upon a rock. He's put a song in my heart, even praise to our God. He's delivered me from all my own foolishness and forgiven my horrible and heinous sins. He's great and glorious. And I hope that we're all thankful for Him and we want to cry out all that He has done for us. In verse 18, which we often refer to, or you should know this verse, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. David is not using that verse to explain why the Lord isn't hearing him. David is using that verse to explain why the Lord is hearing him. You say, that's just too confident. That's godly confidence. I have all my sins confessed. The two verses around verse 18 have to do with God hearing prayers. Verse 17, I cried to him with my mouth. I extolled him with my tongue. Verse 19, God hath heard me. He attended to the voice of my prayer. Why? 
Because God will not hear those who regard iniquity in their hearts, but I am not regarding iniquity in my heart. That's why that 18th verse is there. David is is declaring his righteousness, and would to God we could pray that same way. Verse 20, blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. God knows we have sins. And we confess all that we can think of, but he knows there's more. There's sins of ignorance, and he saves us from that and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Blessed be God. He hasn't turned our prayers away. He hasn't turned his mercy away from us. And here we are, assembled to worship him. So what do we do? Verse 8, oh, bless our God. Verse 13, go into his house and give him sacrifices. Verse 2, Make his praise glorious. Amen.